the number one Premier League podcast in the world. By some metrics. What metrics? Advanced metrics. The most in-depth analysis. Goals. Passes. Other things. Bang! The funniest jokes. Boing! So this one time... <laughs> Loved by all the critics. Oh! It's all right, isn't it? Come on in to Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. It is Match Week 14 recap. Uh, November. It's the first week in November. Patrick, good to hear you as always. How are we doing? I'm doing good. Bold assumption, James. I hadn't talked yet, so <laughs> I hear you. For you, I hear you breathing real heavy on the other end. Don't think that I don't. I know it's you. Winter. I, I'm, I know you take. Take, take care I'm of that packing on, I'm packing on the pounds. I'm getting ready for the hibernation season. Yeah. So, Folks, uh, yeah. the, the pod that we record and the pod that you hear goes through rounds and rounds of Patrick in the lab just nipping mm-hmm. and tucking. It, it's almost unrecognizable. It's a lot of... I don't even of, sound like this. A lot of huffing and puffing. Uh, yeah, you've heard me You heard me just sound... There was a lighter edit earlier mm-hmm. in the season on just my audio. Uh, I think you have a program yeah. that takes out the Tony Soprano heavy gobble ghoul breathing. <laughs> It's actually yeah. I've had to I've had to customize a preset just to save a lot of time in the edit because it's it's, it's an remarkably algorithm. consistent. It's yeah. an algorithm at this point. Well, speaking of what's remarkably consistent, Patrick, cue those goddamn keys. Mm. Hmm. Bruno Lodge. Sometimes people come into our lives for a reason and leave their indelible mark on our soul. A force of power known only to the secrets of the universe that bonds us for a lifetime. This, this cannot be said of, of Bruno Lage, Wolves' former manager, uh, much like the co-worker you say goodbye to and then accidentally walk the same direction down the hallway with for a bit. Uh, it is best that we go our separate ways. Yeah, Bruno, uh, Beneficius Lage. Uh... <laughs> no way. No, that's that's not his middle. He's Lodge actually isn't in his full name, so I don't know where to begin with this guy. Uh, his f- full name is Bruno Miguel Silva de Nascimento. There's no Lodge in here at all, so it might be a pen name, uh, which is might as well what he be. I, I I have to question whether or not he even gets this gig if his last gig wasn't at Benefica, but Benefica being his only full time managerial position before Beneficious. this. Yeah, <laughs> I was maybe yeah the the Benefica got in my head on that one. I'll give you the uh, Benefica just, of the doubt. I don't know if he's not Portuguese, James. If he ever gets this role, he didn't work at Benefica. He doesn't get this role. There's just an af- af- affinity for the Portuguese uh, at Wolves. Yeah, I'd say. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we'll see him again. Kind of came and left. Had a decent enough season. No. Last season being that pesky out, but. Really didn't change much about Wolves. Yeah, you ever leave a party after exchanging pleasantries with someone and you're like, well, I'm never seeing that person again. Yeah, James, you'll you'll perhaps recall the time um, that somebody explicitly asked me to see them again. And I said, sounds great, dude. And then just left. Uh, sometimes <laughs> that's what you have to do. And I think that that's what they said to Mr. Bruno Lodge here, James. Uh, I, don't, I, yeah, I just don't have much to say on him. Respect, but I think he's got... He's got to earn his stripes elsewhere. He's been a youth and assistant coach much of his career, and then mm-hmm. then lasted Benefica more than a year, and and then here he just pops up at Wolves. So I think yeah. the job was too big for him. Like to see him earn his stripes in another league or in the in the championship and come on come on back if he's if he's quality enough. But I quite uh, frankly do not care. 
yeah, taste taste number one. I'm not going back for a second nibble. I'm no. trying the, the second hors d'oeuvre. Yeah, well, let's talk about this trash heap of Portuguese tapas that he's left behind. Wolves, <laughs> a team with with big aspirations sitting nigh but above Nottingham Forest. Wolves above the forest. Sound familiar, Game of Thrones fans? Uh, well, I can tell you what, Patrick. Wolves, uh, in the news, they're looking to land Julian Lapetegui, which would be something of a coup for Wolves. Um, I looked at his player resume, and I was like, damn, no goals in 317 appearances. That's way spicy. And then I realized he was a goalkeeper. So yeah. Tracks a little easier there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give that one back. Uh, respect regained to Mr. Lapetegui. But uh, I think he had two coaching jobs that were with all due respect, a little too big for him in Spain and then Real Madrid. But he did coach a resurgent Sevilla since 2019 and carried their Europa League mantle, uh, left behind by another man who we'll talk about soon. But feels like a good hire to get uh, Wolves back where they want to be in the prime. And can we agree that Wolves, on paper, should be out of this relegation battle? Oh yeah, right. Well, Patrick, Maybe, I, I say I two out of health. these two out of these three teams on paper should be out of the relegation zone. That's what makes it so interesting. That's a that's a fair point, but I believe they've been they're both of them yeah. of the of the woodland critter variety. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think I think the big long big slender loss. neck. <laughs> not even not even relevant. Uh, I think I think not having um, Pedro Neto and. Uh, it's just a huge, huge loss, and um, you know Gonzalo Guedes not not that dude. Not Valentino. yet. Making the adjustment to the league. Sure, but he's old enough, isn't he? Yeah, so, but he's twenty five. Yeah, I, I think you gotta have a, you gotta like, have should, a bed in period. No. Sure, sure. He should have the bed in period. But I just I just think that they don't have like Ruben Neves like leading the league in yellow cards. He's already had to serve a suspension. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. Diego I, Costa I just, doing Diego Costa stuff. Yeah, and then you have Jimenez, who's, you know, uh, unfortunately, I just don't think he's going to be the player mm-hmm. he was before his injury. And, that know, is sad. That it is. I, I think that's just, it is is what it is. He does, he does have an opportunity to prove the haters wrong at the World Cup. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and Potence just isn't that guy. No. Uh, so, I, I, this needs an injection, but they got enough quality. They got an experience. They should be getting themselves out of the relegation zone. So, and I kind of like them in 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 the league. Is that they 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 feel like they should they should be sticking around uh, more so than some of these other teams. I think so. We'll we'll, we'll see James I mean, obviously how it plays out. But yeah, you get a quality manager in like Lapetegui. I, I think they'll get themselves back up to mid table. But the thing about Wolves that we we always talked about throughout the duration of the pod was this is a team that has stated their their primary ambition mm-hmm. of of playing in Europe, and they've yeah. they've taken regressive steps rather than positive steps. But I do have a radical thought, Patrick. Uh, there are good players out there that aren't Portuguese, and maybe they should poke, yeah, around, poke the, around for some of those. Open the top of the funnel a little bit mm-hmm. in the recruitment window. Take the filter off. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if whoever's in charge of their recruitment just at one point put a filter on, nationality Portugal, and just never changed it. Forgot to take and it just, off. And he just thinks that's – he's just got a list, and that's who's on the market. Uh, yeah. But, James, this, this team, defensive record – not that bad. It is. It, it's you know not. It's on the other side of the, the the. But they've given up three less goals than let's say Fulham, right? Fulham who sits seventh in the table. Uh, so the defensive record really isn't that bad. Nineteen goals in thirteen games, six goals scored 
in I those know. 13 games, James. They got to fix the offense. It's a shame. Worst in the league. One of two, one of two teams, Nottingham Forest, of course, being the other, below uh, below 11 goals scored. So they re- the rest of the league, the worst of the league, is effectively doubling them up. So they're, they, they've got to get that sorted. Hopefully that's what this new manager can get sorted. Because that's, it, it is without a shame. that, that's, and, they're going uh, down. Wolves was always they used to be a fun team to watch. Now if I'm looking at a Premier League slate, Boring. they are yeah, they are the last game that I'm choosing unless I have to. Boring. And uh Diego Costa he played everyone's favorite game, goal or red card, which comes first. <laughs> and it was it turned out to be red card, so we will not be seeing him for 3 games maybe ever. Just yeah, hang it up, bud. Yeah. So what does that mean? Uh Jimenez out for the time being. Who's leading it's the just, line? It's crazy. It's just not, yeah. Get yeah, that new manager in, sort it. Need a bounce, need a bounce. And what are their games coming up uh, before the end of the window? Hosting hosting Brighton, hosting Leeds in the Cup, and then hosting mm-hmm. the league leaders, the Arsenal. So uh, that's a tough run in, Brighton and Arsenal. get right game. Yeah. All right, keys. Hit them again. <sighs> Stevie. G. Be careful what you. Hmm. <laughs> Be careful when you try to use something as a stepping stone, because you might just end up getting stoned on a step. And that may just be how Gerard has to fill his time now as an unemployed. <laughs> as an unemployed gentleman of the North, hearing cheers of Frank Lampard's exploits all the way from the blue half of Merseyside. He did not. <laughs> He did not manage to find a way into his players' hearts, even after rousing speeches such as Chelsea should be coming to Villa Park and hammering us, and others such as grilled salmon and brown pasta works for me every time. One might have just wished that Villa didn't act too decisively and allowed Steven Gerrard to take the bus back from London with the players before announcing his dismissal. Um, Surely when cooler heads prevail, Aston Villa will want that one back um, in terms of respect shown to Stevie G. James, I'm glad you took that so seriously. Uh, set a good tone for this. Uh, Stevie, Slipademius, Gerard, uh, going to miss him in the league, James, uh, because of the character of him, but not quite the manager uh, he was propped up to be. Short run in the, in the Scottish Premiership, where, of course, he won the league uh, with Rangers, ending the uh, the Celtic run, I believe. Uh, won the manager of the year that year. Things were all looking up. He was supposed to be the, the real deal when compared to his longtime player uh, counterpart and uh, compatriot, Frank Lampard. But James didn't look good at Villa. Uh he survived a relegation battle in his first season. I don't think he's really made an improvement on the situation since Dean Smith left so graciously. And so I, I think Villa's, you know, just in spite of their ambitions, in spite of an improving squad, uh, I, I, I find it hard to believe that he's improved anything about them uh, since he since he took over. Uh, maybe player recruitment, you could give him a nod, but... Uh, this isn't a great feather in the cap, and it's mind-blowing to me, James, that he's still considered by many to be the favorite to replace Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Uh, I just say thank you, Liverpool, for making that decision if they end up doing it in that's, time. That's got to be a joke. That seems to be 
the scuttlebutt, James. Mm. But I do think Klopp it's is. Like, uh, I, I think Klopp is in for at least a couple more seasons. Like, hmm, so. Well, he bungled this project, but let's give him a bigger one. Right. That's how it works. Uh, Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, Patrick, this is exactly the position and uh, vibe of a squad right after, similar to right after Dean Smith left. It almost feels like they've been stuck in neutral. You know, last season, Gerard got the benefit of the doubt of first season, let him have the window, let him have some time to get to know the squad. And they just never really kicked on. Uh, Villa flattered to deceive a lot of the times. And now it's it's going to be hard to imagine how they how they form an identity moving forward. Well, I think that they got a good man for the new job, James. Mm, spoken uh, like a true yeah. Arsenal fan. Yeah, and I think that uh, the the I'm very interested to see. One, I think it's great that Unai Emery is uh, up for another go at the Premier League. I thought he was among the more disrespected uh, managers that I've that I've seen. I think he had a tough job to fill in. Didn't Guilt win over. shared by all yes. on that no, account. Ag- agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think it went from a friendly, and we're talking primarily, one of the biggest problems with him was his ability to communicate effectively with... I think that is a valid criticism. With the players, yes. But I think it went from a, a criticism to like friendly we're laughing with you meme to just disrespect and and uh you know people slating him uh, as a manager when he is a class manager yeah. right and so i do agree with you that the ability to communicate with one's players is like it's up there it's up in there. the job right yeah. you know you got to be able to do that but this is a man who went 20 plus games unbeaten with arsenal in his time there in spite of all of the the ways that you remember him he knows how to organize a team especially defensively if you look at the turnover that happened at arsenal since i think you would point to still a lot of problems within that squad and the gutting of the nonsense what was truly the banter era uh, I, I think that unai emery made a lot with a little when it comes to just kind of the the people that he was dealing with in that squad. Mm-hmm. And he has, I actually got to take back what I said about Wolves. Looking in comparison, this is a squad. This is a squad that a good manager can work with. I think top to bottom, maybe a little bit lean at the back. Uh, but, you know, you have a, a really capable bunch here that I think that this this is a, a, a very experienced manager that will certainly, certainly uh, keep them keep them clear of any sort of of a relegation battle. What their yeah. ceiling is, I don't know, but this is a good hire for Villa. Well, uh, Steve Steve was a speculative hire, uh, a buy low, sell high type of thing. Didn't work. Uh, and th- this is this is a good manager and it's a big job, right. but it's a it's a good manager and a good pick. You're going to get stability for sure. What's really interesting to me though about this Villa team, Patrick, is I think Steven Gerrard was trying to get players that would play very attractive football. Bringing in Philippe Coutinho again, who I think it's fair to say his career is going to be dead under Unai Emery. When I mean, you think yeah. about an Emery team, like if not where does Coutinho himself, fit yeah. in there, or him himself dying? Yeah. yeah, I mean we hope not here on Prem de la Prem, but of course, um, the next best, the next closest thing is a career death. Yeah. Uh, Leon Bailey, uh, he doesn't strike me as a no nonsense functional winger. Um, what kind of team is Emery going to trot out like is it going to be I think about his Villarreal teams the ones that uh, won the Europa League the ones that got to the semifinals of the Champions League they were really hard working and tough to break down so I'm sure that he'll get defense sorted in the short term and the long term but it's 
are they going to play progressive, exciting football that a lot of Villa fans have come to expect, for better or worse, from Dean Smith and uh, when they had Grealish and then and then Gerrard? So what are we going to see? Like a four four two Danny Ings Watkins tandem front line? I'm trying to I'm trying to picture what this team's going to look like. Yeah, so he did a so he played a bit three at the back. I don't know that this team's got the personnel really to do that. Uh, maybe they do. He did like to also play kind of the the double pivot, and I think he does have the players to do that. I think John McGinn is going to thrive under him. Couple one one um, one player to keep a lookout for is Callum Chambers. Callum Chambers was actually utilized by Unai Emery in a ah, number of different positions reunion. at his time there. Yeah, and obviously uh, you don't really need to think think too hard on on Emmy Martinez and their their time together because it didn't. You know, he was there backup goalkeeper uh at the time but in any case sure i think i i agree with you i think 442 is 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 a is a good possibility because you think about what what type of players fit the premier league fit that kind of uh you know team first pressing style hard work i mean i think ollie watkins and danny ings have to be two of the first names on your team sheet douglas louise as well that you can you could play a three and move den donker back into a three i think he's been playing mostly in the midfield uh but yeah i think douglas louise and uh, you know John McGinn, I'm I'm high on Jacob Ramsey for the future. Like not as like a you know elite game breaker in the, but I think a real solid. But he'll come good in player. the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, he's got some tools to play with, and he wasn't afraid to mix up uh, mix up his lineups, mix up his roster, sit big players. So it's we get to see against Manchester United. I believe is going to be his first his first game, his first team sheet, uh, and that's well, it's a daily double, Patrick. Sunday and then Thursday, the following Thursday in the EFL Cup. Yeah, and so at home against Manchester United, especially on United's form, what I would actually expect is I would. I, what can you drill in this short period of time? Let's let, let's sit on let's sit on a little back and hit them on the counter, and I think he's well, going to get the team geared up for that. And I think it's going to be a tough, tough game for United. They've had a really funny two games since. Uh, the disaster at Fulham that ultimately got Gerard fired because they had that moment of cathartic release, like like the first. I wouldn't goal. even call it like a new manager bounce. It was just like a no longer Steven Gerrard team, and they just let loose for four, ran went rampant for four against. It says Brentford. so much about Gerrard. Oh, it says so much. Where it's not even about like who's hey guys, who's the don't coach. Listen to him anymore. Right. Against a you good or I, side that was on a bounce. Which Patrick, is, you or I could have coached that team to a four 0 victory because the point is there. It wasn't about the coach at all. Yeah, it was like fuck it. Now we can go play. And then you get the kind of dousing of cold water on the head when they got four dropped on their head uh, against Newcastle, who are a very like well organized and, and hardworking and entertaining mm-hmm. Newcastle team at that. But two yes, interesting sir. results. So now I don't think you're going to get too much of like a post Steven Gerrard bounce, so to speak, it's going to be how much has Emery been able to implement uh, with this Aston Villa team and, you know, like the district coming later. But if I were to guess, I think this is going to follow a similar script to United's most recent game against West Ham. Very uh, tight, tough to break down, low scoring game. And I think that's what Emery's going to try and get across right off the bat. Right. Yeah. And so just to I agree with you entirely. I also think that we're going to be look look out for the the reactionary the reactionary takes. Uh, Unai Emery's first league game is in and around like before and after the break. It is he's hosting United. They're away to Brighton, which is going to be a very tough fixture. And he comes back 
uh, with Liverpool at home and then Tottenham away is how he's that's how he's starting his tenure there. Yeah. And so it good on him. He's gonna have a he's gonna have some time before the uh, you know during during the break. I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Maybe Tyrone Mings is is on a plane and sipping sipping a Capri Sun on the bench at the World Cup. But I think pretty much everybody's gonna be in camp at Villa Park or wherever they train. Right. And so he's gonna have some time to work with that team. Uh, they got a few. They'll, they'll have a few people go to World Cup. But he'll, he'll have a lot of those people to work with. So uh, I'd, I'd look for them to kind of make like find their identity at some point. You know, January, February. Interested to see if they back them in the window. We know Villa has been ambitious in the windows. They bought and loaned in the winter window recently as well. So I do oh, yeah. expect some some action out of them then. Uh, and you know, what is the piece to their squad that they look to fill or maybe offload? Uh, but it's a it's a yeah, yeah, it's a big manager, big character. Good to have him back in the league, and it's 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 going to be a it's going to be a fun Villa side, I think, by the end yeah, of the season. Absolutely. Well, I mean, to wrap this portion of the the pod up, I, I think the Premier League is better for Unai Emery is very much landed and a sure thing. Lopetegui is still more speculative, although it looks like it's close to happening. I would say at this point in time, and I always love when the Premier League actually picks up quality managers not that i oh, yeah. you know try, believe me i loved having stevie g in the league for better or worse but like i do love when teams just pull in quality managers because it just makes for a better product um yeah i mean i think there's there's just so much money in this league relatively speaking that it is yeah certainly you know with again i think that there's few exceptions and then you have to take into account like where people want to live what they want to do but i think uh uh a tough a tough job in the premier league is more attractive than you know, kind of, I guess, would, would you take a relegation battle in the Premier League if you're a manager that has some level of ambition? Or do you take like a Sevilla, Valencia, you know, kind of top four team in Spain or in one of these other leagues? Mm. I think most managers are choosing the Premier League right now, probably probably for financial reasons. Uh, but also, I think this is where Less, players go. This is, if you can do it in this league, you can do it anywhere kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it's a good, mm-hmm. like, it's not over for Stevie. But he's got to go. He's got to go yeah. earn his chop somewhere else and get a little bit more experience. Not everyone can just step right into their first managerial job and well excel. Patrick, when it comes to managers and prem de la prem, we call it the Venn diagram. You're either banter or quality, and that's how you're going to get spoken about on this pod. Uh, some are both. Bruno Lage was neither. So yeah, he was just it was Good like rinse. that. Wait, what's what's that one in the right corner that's not in them? Yeah, Bruno Lage. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well. Rip that corner of the paper off. Let's move over to another intersection of banter and quality. Uh, Liverpool versus Leeds. What a game, Patrick. What a game. One of the best of the season. You got to give it to the marshmallow. You have to. Mm -hmm. Tim Howard said a loss and subsequent sacking of Jesse Marsh would have set U.S. soccer back 10 years. Well, Jesse Marsh ain't right back. (laughs) They wrote me off. I didn't write back. (laughs) Yeah. What a statement win for him. What an absolute statement win. I I struggle I struggled to think that his his back was truly against the wall, especially in that fixture at that location. Uh, because Leeds have been Leeds have been fun football, James. Yeah. They've been fun football. And the, yes, they had lost, what was it, four on the trot? They had lost and not all of them uh mm-hmm. you know fantastic games, but they were they were at least on par with Arsenal on that day at 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 um where do they pay Ellen Road Ellen Road, you know tough games 
Uh, yeah. Tough games as well. Uh, I mean, Fulham, that Fulham result was pretty poor, if we're honest. That was probably For sure. For got sure. people talking. But, I mean, but it, they're not, they're not, they're no. not a bad team. They're playing for the guy. Here's my and problem. This is just a, mm, it's a statement win, James. It's a big statement win. Big statement win at Anfield. And, and here's my problem with everything you just mentioned in this reactionary league and, and time that, that we live in in the Premier League era. Obviously, owners of teams down in the bottom half of the table are going to have that itchy finger. They're going to think, if we don't act now, rot's going to set in. It's never going to change. A new manager's not going to have time to bed their system. Anxiety freak out. Patrick, the difference between 20th placed Forest on nine uh, and uh, so Forest in 20th place and Brentford in 11th place is six points. Six mm-hmm. points is is the difference between the bottom of the top of the bottom half of the table. Add and, one more point, seven points to ninth place Liverpool. Yeah. So point being, I know points are harder to come by when you're in the bottom half of the table because it's not like the worst team in the league can just go get two wins the way like the way you look at the top of the table. Right. But but still, one game vaulted leads up to what looks like a healthy suddenly fifteenth place and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to slate the Leeds board too much because they were consistent in their backing of Jesse Marsh, despite what felt like the fans really starting to sour from that Fulham game that you mentioned. But uh, this one might have got the fans back on side the way he was winding that fist up. Yeah, look, it's <laughs> the guy has the character to be a Premier League manager, whether or not he's got kind of the tactical chops. I think we're still we're still in that figure and out phase, uh, but he's. He's not a guy that that looks that looks lost. He's not a guy that looks afraid. He's not a guy that look. His team no. looks lost. You, or afraid. you get no deer in the headlights from Jesse Moore. She's going to go out swinging no. and and telling you some terrible anecdote that doesn't no. really that doesn't really apply to the scenario. And you know what? I think I think that 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 team, you know, is it's a it's a young team. He's got a couple uh, a couple of the young Americans. He's got. A little bit of a vibe going there. Of course, he's 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 been able to to lure some of the American faithful over. I do think, I I think that the 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 Marsh ball is closer to Bielsa ball than we probably thought, because it seems like when this team is at its best, it is still playing that helter skelter, everybody running around, chaos type of football. I don't care who we're playing, energy. Right, and it's just brilliant. <laughs> it's just brilliant from an entertainment perspective, and. As long as the boys are running, as long as the boys are playing for him, uh, you you, you got to keep cycling in some new players because he's going to run them all to the ground. It is same funny. Way he also did. Yeah, it's a great point. It is funny how little leads changed. I, I don't feel it as much. I still think leads is no. a great watch in the Premier League. They and are. That's, they're, that they're, is, they're that is for watch. better or for worse. And the, but what that buys you, though, I think, is time with the with the fans. Is that you know I I don't think there's there's any delusion within, I mean, I'm sure there's some, but I don't think there's much delusion within the Leeds, the Leeds faithful that they are a European challenger this year. This year feels like a stability year for them, where if they can kind of solidify themselves around, you know, 50 points, mm-hmm. like well clear of rele- relegation, like 55 points, something like that. Whereas, you know what, I'm just, let me, let me just pull up the previous season here. 38 points. Yeah. Last season, two seasons ago, they were, they were a bit better at fifty nine points, but I think that that's they probably they, they probably really outkicked their coverage in that well, in that particular season. So and I think probably around fifty points is where you say, okay, that's a good season out of Leeds. That's progression. Yeah, and that's Jesse Mars just kind of establishing himself with this group. And all due respect, you just had your two best players by a country mile get cherry picked. 
One went to a little club called Barcelona. The other went to, went to a club called Man City. Whoa, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what you can expect. That's fair. And, and granted, no disrespect to the replacements. You know, Aronson's been good. Um, who's, who's the other one? Uh, Tyler Adams. They've got a new winger in there. Something Mento. Um, but they're not Rafinha, nor are they Calvin Phillips. So you have to have a level of patience with this side that for some reason Leeds fans don't seem to have. And I do feel like Jesse Marsh is a guy you either love or hate and fans seem to be choosing their side of the divide right now. Yeah. And I, the thing that I love about him, and he might come up a little bit later is the, the, just the fact that he just leans in. He's like, okay, if this is what they're going to hate me for, I'm going to be more of that because <laughs> if I'm going to be divisive, I want to be really divisive. Yeah, you know, and I think that you're 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 starting to see that personality come out. He gets a few wins. He's going to get himself a little bit of swag, and and yeah, I'm here for it. Not many managers can boast an away win at Anfield in the modern era. That's that's just straight up facts. Yeah, it really, it's is. just it's a fact. So let's yeah. let's flip the script then, Patrick. Uh, Liverpool on probably one of the weirdest runs of form I've ever seen. Uh, a one nil clean sheet victory against Man City. Then a 1-0 loss to Forrest and a 2-1 loss to Leeds at home. Oh, oh, there was a West Ham win in there as well before the the run of two losses. But two losses to teams you really, really have to be beating if you want to make top four, let alone challenge for the title, which I think everyone has admitted is is done. It's donezo. And you you go into, you know, on on form, right? And I agree with you. Title challenge has to be over. 15 plates. 15 points off first place Arsenal. It's not You're, even the points, right? It's just something feels wrong with this yeah, team. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but I would say they, they closed a similar gap. They were, I don't know which year it was, but they were 10 to 15 points off City after Boxing Day. And got and real closed close. the gap. Yeah. You know, and so it's not, it is, the, the, I guess, let me, let me put it to you this way. If there was a team in the league that I would, outside of Manchester City, that could just, Snap of a finger, go off, win ten games in a row. Who is it? To me, it's still Liverpool. Still Liverpool. Like they're, I don't. You're 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 spot on in that they are nowhere close to kind of finger on the pulse, being as effective as they've been, being as ruthless as they've been, and being a team that's they they just flat out don't look convincing. And it's not like they're getting a bad run of the draw here. They they just don't look like winning these games. And even look at the the Newcastle game. It was a gift of the the extra time. There was a mm-hmm. I think I forget who they was. Uh, maybe it was Ajax in the Champions League. Maddox scored a late some last one. minute winners. Yeah. So they just they they don't look even the results that they're getting. They're not doing it convincingly. And you wanted to talk about like who what is this team made of? They get wins against Leeds in Forest. Even on their form, you expect them to get those, especially given the location of the Leeds game. They're sitting right in between Chelsea and Manchester United, and it's just a completely different conversation. You know, and so that congestion's still there. That gap can be closed. There's still a top four threat. But yeah, I'm 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 with you, James. There's something about this team from an identity perspective that, unless a miracle happens at the World Cup and it's just everyone's distracted and it, I I can't make sense of it because it's a it's a fall off that yeah I think very very few people saw coming at least certainly to this degree right mm-hmm. maybe they don't stick on to City but Nunes has been a disappointment Sal has been non-existent by his standards. Diego Jota is without a goal on the year. Uh, was uh, Luis Diaz and uh, Carvalho just still are far from the finished article with Liverpool's ambitions. Yeah. And then you tack on their problems in midfield. You tack on Trent and Alexander having to defend every now and again. 
and they've just got too much issues. And then, you, I mean, then they do have injuries as well. So it's a it's a big, big problem. This team, I don't know that there's a team in the league that benefits more from the World Cup than them. But right. I, I'm not convinced that they come out of it better, but they need it. Yeah. They need a break. No, it's it's a weird one. I'm, I'm I'm just looking at their most recent lineups as you're talking. Jordan Henderson sneakily been like he has been dropped. Yes, he's he's not a starter anymore, which is strange because he's their captain. Uh, yeah, Harvey Elliott's kind of come in, filled that gap. Curtis Jones, I, I think they're great young, promising talents. I don't think they're starters in a team that has title aspirations. Uh, and I think Harvey Elliott's that dude. I don't know if he's there yet, but he's just. You can still there's there's a there's a hell of a player. Sure, you can see it. Yeah, you can see it with with nurturing and development. And yeah. uh-huh. I am far from the kind of person who wants to allow Liverpool to play devil's advocate. But with the fixtures coming the way that they are and the way that Liverpool plays, I can see it having the most adverse effects on a team like Liverpool. Like I think about FIFA when you play against Liverpool, other players are gassed by minute <laughs> 75 because they've just been running to the ground. But like yeah. Fabinho looks like a shadow of himself because he has to play um, two games a week, 90 minutes. Because without Fabinho, it, you Liverpool are a soft touch. It's Fair. so I've never seen this team so easily to break so easy to break down. And obviously, I think there's a little to be said of this Van Dyke Gomez partnership as well, but. The midfield is where it all starts. It seems like everybody on the team regressed, with the exception of maybe Allison. Right, correct. I told so you, yeah. it's just wild. It's like, how, how does everybody regress? So it's mm-hmm. just, and that, that's at least kind of the, the, the I, I, I don't think that everyone has actually done so, but that's, maybe you just, you're just fighting for something so hard last year, as they did. Maybe it's just, you're just broken a little bit. Who's to say? Yeah. I don't know. It's a funny one, Patrick. It is a funny one. Don't write them off, though. No, Don't write them off. I thought they were good for too long. Too good for too long. And uh, I think a fun quote to end on is what Klopp's been saying about Darwin Nunez because I've never seen a player be so like huh. you. Th- all common wisdom points to him being a good player. You see some good things, and then other times you're like you question everything. He's a nut job. You're like, does this guy? Is he a footballer? Does he play football? And here are Klopp's words exactly. Uh, Trust me, nobody knows how good Darren will be. He doesn't even know. We have to work on him on all different areas. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great way of saying he's class, but he's a dumbass, and the dumbass thing is really ruining the class piece. <laughs> they are conflicting ideologies. He's also, I think, gotten like he's. He's had he's been on the wrong side of uh I feel like he's hit the post a few times. I feel like there's been some great saves. Like I feel like he's doing like I I I think that it's it's going to be far far different of an ending story for him. Yeah. But I I'm getting the same vibes I got from Werner when he first got to the league where it just he he was trying so hard and just things weren't Yeah, trying to make so many things product. happen. You know what I mean? And so the ambition's clearly there. Uh but he's got yeah, yeah he's he's yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's wild to think Patrick we were we were debating him and Holland to start the year in hindsight. Uh yeah. Darwin's donkeys. You you did leave yourself an out there. Yeah, yeah. You did leave yeah, yourself an out. He's been out, out of the squad for far longer also, than he's been in the name. I also have to admit, I had a moment where in my brain I was like, Do any Chelsea fans still think Timo Werner's gonna come good? And then I realized he's already back at Leipzig on a permanent deal. Yeah. Yeah. Big, but maybe. Big maybe. Oof. 
Who's to say? Uh, okay, a couple quick hitters before we get into our segments. Uh, there was a Potter homecoming, a sour one. Chelsea making the trip back down to the south coast of Brighton. It did not end up the way he envisioned. Um, again, Potter really let the stank out in the post-match press conference. He was getting booed and he uh, in a 4-1 defeat. And he responded, I don't know what they have to boo about. Uh, a weird relationship between Potter and the fans. Really weird one. Yeah, yeah well, it's, uh, it's, it's one that you would have circled given the circumstances in which he left. Uh, some of the digs he's taken in the past is definitely kind of said without saying that he's too big for this job. Uh, and it was the job that made him. And so I think that he's, he's going to get that homecoming every time, every time he comes there. And players were up for yeah. it. On His former players were up for it. Uh, and his current players really, really were not. I got to say, Kukurela doesn't look like he's fitting in more recently over there. No, they're shattered at the back, uh, which is great news going into the Arsenal fixture. But they're just, yeah, they're another team that is just, I, I'm not entirely convinced by. But I do think that they're more, you know, they're they're they're, they're getting results more, more regularly than Liverpool. They're not really in any sort of those kind of, kind of, dire straits but yeah goal differential of just two james this chelsea side that's not great it's better than some others up there but it's still not great it's um, better than some others that's true we're talking shades we're talking shades patrick i think we've talked about it before i don't i don't remember if it was on group text or on the pod but uh i think chelsea right now strikes me as let's get solid at the back get through this tough period and figure the rest out later and maybe sneak yep. a few results but what they, a what a still weird building. what a weird puzzle you'll you're building with this Chelsea offense. You've got a weird Pierre Emerick Aubameyang shaped piece. You've got a weird Raheem Sterling shaped piece. Uh, a misfiring Havertz Gallagher. I don't know what to make of this side. I don't know what to make of this side, and yeah, I don't know what the rumors are exactly around bringing in an Unkunku or another striker. Um, but they need to start clicking on the forward, on the forward facing thing. Yeah. Maybe this is another team that might benefit from a world cup and that they've got maybe two or three games in the league. I think it's three games that every team in the league has to play. Maybe there's a fourth, depending on which side of uh, new year's you fall on, but you know, three or four games before they'll, they'll be in a window, mm -hmm. you know, and they're yeah. And Cuckoo would be a coup for them, especially in the winter. And it's just, yeah, it, it's it's a puzzle that I, I has got a lot of pieces. I bet you this is like if a puzzle came off the assembly lines, 500-piece puzzle comes out with 600 pieces. It's not like it's 501. They just got, Potter's just like, what the hell are all these pieces? <laughs> and how do they possibly go together? There's way too many pieces here. And he doesn't know what to do. Like Armando Broja. What's this Dennis Zaccaria one that's still in the plastic? Yeah, yeah. Like their decisions to send out and this isn't Potter's doing, of course, right? But their decisions to send out, mostly on permanent, their entire lone army of center backs and defenders who are now their first teamers and their up and coming ones, and just they're thin there and they're paying for it. Like you look at their bench now, Chilwell was hurt, but Chilwell and Aspi Laqueta were the two uh, defenders on the bench, and they started Cucurella, Silva, and Chalaba at the back mm -hmm. with Sterling and Pulisic as wingbacks. Mm -hmm. It's a great, that's a FIFA formula. Yeah. It's a FIFA formula, so they, they, a formation rather. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Potter's 
style or plan. It seems like he changes the formation every single game. It's tough to tough to really pick their identity here, but uh, I agree with you, James. It's a it's a team that needs needs some sorting. Ravaged by injury as well. We got to give them yes. that. Also, quick sidebar. I think Thiago Silva his highlight reel is ninety nine percent from mistakes that he makes up for immediately afterwards. Just a big brain player. <laughs> Big brain player. Just putting himself in, in these situations. Just put him in harm's he's, way to make some goal line clearances. He's like the guy that starts the fire just so he can save it, like be the hero and right. save the day. That's right. Oh, yeah. oh, hey, did you guys all see that? Yeah, save, save the whole family. Burn the house down, but <laughs> the family's safe, and it was me. Ledge. It was all me. Absolute ledge. Big game at the weekend, James. Big, Big game at the weekend. game come in. We'll touch on I'm it sure later. we'll get to the district. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick, another notable team I feel like we have to mention, Nukes. Yeah. Sitting their booty down in fourth place. Are they this year's West Ham or are they here to stay? What is the future of this team this season and beyond? Well, you gotta say and beyond, they look they look like they're I, I, the thing that really impresses me, I think we just expected this team to come in and spend like morons in the transfer window. That's what we expected. Right. That's what I expected. No. I expected them to just completely go nuts on the the just the lazy rumor type players that they could just buy to have. But you look at their They're doing it with Sean Longstaff. Yeah, you, you look at their actual signings, right? Their actual signings that they've 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 brought in, and then the development that you have to give the credit to Eddie Howe. But Sven Botman, uh Nick Pope. Dan Byrne. Forming the best defense in the league, right? Right. Yeah, the the best defense in the league. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes. You know, they got... Was Callum Wilson a recent buy as well? I can't remember how long he's been there. I think he... No, he came from the previous window. Right, okay. And then then just the... Where I got to give a lot of credit to the man on the touchline, Eddie Howe, is on Miguel Almiron and Joe Linton. Mm -hmm. These two guys went from certified jokes and transfer busts to... Completely. Undroppable. And, and, and so for me, Newcastle is very real. Uh, what I would also mention about them, we can sleep on them if we'd like to, James, but without that game at Liverpool, where Liverpool was gifted extra minutes and Carvalho scored the late winner, this team's unbeaten. That is insane. This team's unbeaten. That is so, insane. A lot of draws. Six wins, six draws, and the one loss. Could have been the seven draws, right? But they belong here. They Make drew, no mistake they about drew it. Man City. Uh, the more the I game, think man. about that United-Newcastle game, I'm like, I think I'll take it. <laughs> Beat Spurs at their house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a good team here, Patrick. We got a good team. And I'm looking at what they've got left. They tied Brighton, which aged well as well. Could very well end the uh, the pre-World Cup segment of the season in, in top four. You know, away to Southampton, very winnable on their current form and then hosting Chelsea. So Chelsea have a little bit of a pre-World Cup murderer's row. Yeah. Potter gotta, Potter's got to find some right now solutions, not some yep. after the World Cup solutions. Yeah, and again, they'll they'll oh, they got they City. They got advanced. City in the in the Carabao yeah. Cup. No they way. They're survive in advance. There's, no way. Liverpool and Chelsea need this break bad. Bad. Oh, that's incredible. I love that. I love that for them. But it's also big, big statement time, right? Like they could, they could, mm-hmm. it could, it could be the complete inverse for Chelsea. Yep, it could be the complete inverse. Big statement win versus the Gunners this weekend, and then closing out with with a result at um, at St James. That's that's a brilliant finish. Yep. 
And then the Carabao Cup, who cares? Get smashed. Sure. It doesn't matter. Sure. Save, yeah. Save the strength. If I'm Chelsea, that's my that's my perspective. Well, I'm sure we all appreciate your perspective, Patrick. Shall we? podcast. Shall we jump into some segments? I think we shall. Freak of the Week. Prem de la Prem. Freak of the Week. Freak of the Week. Freak of the week. The freak of the week. It's the freak of the week. Wow, what a freak. Got to go with Diego Costa, James. Remarkably, his first red card in the league, but his agent forgot to tell him that we got VAR now. So, little guy's doing his little behind the scenes because he gets he gets away with it in real time. He always yeah, did. He thought this was the mid-2010s heyday. He always did. He always got away with the cheeky headbutt. I wouldn't be surprised if he had he had more in his repertoire there. I'm forgetting all of his antics over the years, but yeah. who did uh, who did he hit this time? Oh, I don't even remember. Okay, I don't remember. It was some. It well, was, I hope he's some, okay. Either way, yeah. Some uh, who would have been on the defender on Brentford? Ben Me. It must have been. I think it was Ben Me. Just yeah, just getting riled up by a veteran. Big freak that's bicycle energy. kick score or Ben Me to you. What actually blows my mind is that this is his first Premier League red card. That makes no sense to me. Oh, that's like a Marcos Rojo trivia question. Right. Yeah. Remarkable. But I'm glad that he Marcos Rojo, his last name literally meant red. And uh, (laughs) never never came to pass, but... Yeah, yeah. I think Casemiro also had a pretty crazy no red card card record at Madrid Mm. while he was there, Mm -hmm. in spite of what his reputation might be. Casemiro's not a dirty player, though. I wouldn't say dirty player. I'd just say, like, he's... Makes a lot of fouls as the as a center defensive mid. Yeah, understood. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Just wanted to actually, just wanted I mean, to clarify. I I don't know this to be true. I just that the, go to YouTube and look up Casemiro fouls. I'm sure there's some compilations out there. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Patrick, my freak of the week is retirement homes uh, for being put on par with VAR by my favorite man on Twitter right now, Neil Warnock, former manager. <laughs> He's having way too much fun on social media. Uh, his tweet after this weekend of yet another series of baffling decisions. Uh, the retirement home for bad referees, otherwise known as VAR, strikes again. No way an inexperienced ref like David Coote was going to overrule head matron Mike Dean. Good job I've retired. All my wages would be going towards fines. <laughs> Absolute legend. Great. And he's he's like doing the research. He's screenshotting the handballs and circling the areas on the arms where they got hit. He's He's really going back to X's and O's and letting the commoner, the common person such as ourselves uh, get in on the act. It's, it's pretty great. Somebody's got to fight the good fight, James. It's yep. just a necessary fight. Nobody knew who I was till I put on the mask. <laughs> beast of the week. Huge beast. Huge beast. What a beast. It's the beast of the week. Wow, look at that beast. Patrick, my beast is meritocracy, equal mm. opportunity. These are things that we promote on Prem de la Prem, is it not? At least I do, yes. Equal opportunity, Patrick. That means both of us. And ah. here's what I have to say to you. Five of the 12 founding members of the Super League did not make it to the knockout round of the Champions League this year. Does that include Arsenal? 
Arsenal, you pieces of shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> Manchester United, <laughs> uh, Atletico, Barcelona, and Juventus, for one reason or another, are not going to be in this round, uh, this round of 16 of the Champions League. Yep, they all have pretty the Pretty gross. It's pretty gross. Yeah. But it is, it, is, uh, it is nice. It is nice to see. It's why we love it, though. Yeah. Club Bruges. Yeah, yeah Club Bruges. There's a couple other... Was the big result today? Was it was it Benfica that not knocked out PSG but got six goals to push them into second in the group, which gives us a no real spicy round of sixteen. Who was Benfica that? took first place and made PSG finish second? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah, they didn't knock them out of the, the league, but they just make them. Yeah, so I someone's drawing like difficult. God, I, oh, I hope it's Spurs. Oh yeah, so do I. I want Spurs PSG. Oh yeah, and th- that actually that's actually a fun little fixture. Hmm. A little fixture. Mm-hmm. Would be a good uh, one. In any case, James, my beast of the week, I gave it to Jesse Marsh. We talked about him enough. I don't need to belabor the point, but the man just proved that he belonged this week for me and I think shut up a lot of haters. Roll on, American pride. Oh, that fist pump. I, I want it like, I have more of an inclination to do that than the Swee. That's how good it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It hurts the, hell, it hurts the well. hell out of my wrist when I try, but that's why he's on the touchline and I'm not. Yeah, I think I might dislocate my shoulder. It's if impossible. I gave that 100%. It's impossible. Yeah. The torque. Great. I don't know how he gets that kind of torque. Yeah, put it in FIFA. I need it. <laughs> men of culture. We are the men of culture. Men of culture. Hombres de cultura. Ooh, that's cultural. Well, Patrick, uh, Inter-Miami look increasingly confident of signing Lionel Messi next summer, which means they're increasingly confident that Phil Neville is going to be coaching Lionel Messi. That's insane. Yeah. We're going to let that On so many levels. It's just like if Brexit was a footballer, just (laughs) coaching Lionel Messi. Uh, but yeah, dude, that's funny. My uh, my men of culture as well mm-hmm. is Mr. Leo Messi. Um, don't know if you you saw it, but a a, uh, a video dropped. We'll put it up on the from the Prime Gram. A video dropped today of Leo Messi's speech before the Copa America final. And let me tell you, I saw that, but I didn't get a translation. Oh, so you watched it in Spanish? Correct. It's really good with the translation, or if you speak Spanish, right? But anyway, so, so walk me through it. I'm just ready to put on the uh, the baby blue and white stripes and run through a brick wall for that man. But he's really basically he's it's he's going on. I mean, it, there's something about it being in Spanish that I think makes it a little bit more poetic than I'm going to make it sound. But he talks about how you know we've we've given up 45 days for this this group or whatever. And like Emmy Martinez, you had a daughter you haven't seen. This player, you've got a son you only got to see for a few minutes. We gave it all up for this moment. And this, this, you know, we're never going to win this title in Argentina because God wanted us to win it in Brazil, win it at the Americana, bring it home to, to, to it's just, it's, it got me so jacked up. And again, the, the poetry of kind of the Spanish language and how he says it is just, it's first class. So must watch Leo Messi. What more? I, I, I just, I, I want it more for Messi, obviously, but what more to cap his career than a World <laughs> Cup this winter, James? Yeah. What more? It yeah. would be, it would be, it would be, it's, it's something that I think everybody. It would send a heat seeking missile into the GOAT debate. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And I think it would be, it would 
after that missile hit, the little the game screen would go black and then flash game over. That's what would happen. Squadoosh the debate. Because <laughs> that's the only thing uh-huh. that I think Ronaldo's got on Messi is the big game player. Uh-huh. Well, sure. And height. Yeah, just size. Who would have thought that's what it really came down to? <laughs> girls, girls say it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's that's the deciding factor. All right, goal of the week, Patrick. It's the Solar.com goal of the week. As always, the goal of the week is brought to you by Solar.com. Find the most competitive solar bids on the marketplace at Solar.com. Use the code PREM500 for $500 off your solar project at Solar.com. James, this was a tough one. Did I go for moment or did I go for class? I too found myself having that discussion. I went for class, James, because the class is the pass of the goal. Kevin De Bruyne. His free kick was inch perfect, James. It bounced off the crossbar and the post at the same time. It's a perfect free kick. Nothing better in the world than a perfect free kick. Yeah. And he just did it. It's a perfect free kick, Patrick. A beautiful free kick is a beautiful free kick. Kevin De Bruyne doing what he does. But I feel like I've been too biased towards free kicks lately. Mm -hmm. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go Almiron. I got to go two mm. weeks, two pods in a row. Miggy putting himself, Sir Migs a lot. Five. <laughs> He's the fifth leading scorer of the Prem with yeah. seven goals. It's a great story. He capped off a sumptuous Newcastle display. I've been, I've been listening to too much Nico Cantor. Uh, he, he loves, yeah, he loves sumptuous. <laughs> sumptuous. I love his, his, his transitions where they don't make like any sense. No. He's just like a red card in this game. And then with Benefica, a quarter kick. And you're like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Galazzo transitions are unparalleled. Yeah, it's just, he just goes, he, he, he ties things together that just, he, I, I appreciate the commitment. Maccabi Haifa find themselves in the opposition box. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And the, the amount of times today he got excited and caveated that he shouldn't be excited because the, the result was meaningless uh, just really, really put me over the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look, I'm glad nepotism exists and this guy has a, has a job because he's, he is he's a perfect delight. for the Galazzo show. And uh, when, nothing, I think peak culture was Nico Cantor cutting to Ray Hudson doing the Spurs-Marseille game uh, where he said a goal was... Tighter than a pair of spandex on Miami Beach. <laughs> and he, thank uh, God poetry still exists. Yeah, I forget what he what he what he uh what he said today, but he said something I think he said like a beach ball or something balancing on a surfboard or something like <laughs> like that. And uh my, my one of my all time favorites of him was like Messi picked the angle like Isosceles did the triangle is one, <laughs> one of my favorites. So I'd love to get him on more broadcasts. The bigger the game, the better. Uh, speaking of, yeah, the poetry there is, is, is first class. It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, nothing for Thomas Partey this week because goals against Nottingham Forest should not count. Uh, so I went Miggy. He's doing himself proud. He's doing the league proud, doing Jordy, Jordy's proud. I'm happy for him. Yes. 
Yes, as you should be. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice little story. Puts a little bit of respect on the MLS transfers. Sure does. Not an American, so he's going under the radar. But remember, MLS transfer. Sure does. Atlanta United. Yep. Big money, too. It was like $20 million, wasn't it? Something like that? Yeah. It, it had a tag. Yeah. It had yeah. a tag. I think he's the most expensive MLS transfer of all time. Must be. Must be. All right. Send us home with the district. Welcome to the Degenerate District. Step right up, step right up, come get a ticket at the Degenerate District. Time to spin the wheel in the Degenerate District. Welcome to the Degenerate District. Alright James, well it's been a theme of the episode, so with my lock, I'm riding Jesse Mars in the game. They're home to Burnmouth. Ooh. At minus 130, close to even odds. I think they take care of business. As impressive as Burnmouth have been, we haven't talked about them too much recently, but we thought nailed on as a relegation team. Uh, and in spite of their three three losses on the trot for Burnmouth, they're still in 14th place, but this gives Leeds the opportunity uh, to usurp them in the table. They're <laughs> one point behind. So I'm going Leeds, locking it at 130. James, I actually got a meatball sub for you. Triple meatball, put some sauce on top. Man City at home to Fulham. I'm taking the alternative line of minus three and a half. The actual line is minus two and a half. Whoa. Uh, you think it's going to be feels a stonking? Like a, feels like a 5-0 game to me. Uh, but I'm taking minus three and a half, James. Believe it or not, you're only getting that at plus 210. But I think City putting up at least a four-goal uh, four slammer on Fulham, who is remarkably sitting where they are in the table, having the joint third worst goals allowed record in the league. I think they go to the Etihad and get smacked. Second meatball on the sub is game of the week numero uno, Arsenal versus Chelsea, 4 a.m. on Saturday. Thank you to the schedulers. Arsenal are minus 175 in this fixture, a fixture that Chelsea have not won at Stamford Bridge since 2018, James. This is one of those fixtures where Chelsea went away, Arsenal went away, it's just a anything can happen in this kind of game. Arsenal on their current form. Chelsea after a, a disaster in a game that surely would have meant something to them. I don't think that they're all the way together. So I like this meatball at mine at plus one seventy five. I do expect Chelsea to be proper up for it. But like I said, I think they're just missing they're missing some of those key pieces at the back. If Arsenal bring the press as we know they can, like this result for Arsenal at, my, at plus one seventy five. Lovely. The other game of the week, James. Spurs hosting Liverpool. Mm. I'm getting that at plus 215. Doesn't make a lick of sense to me, James. So there's something going on there that's just wrong. Spurs finding ways to get really impressive wins. I mean, is it, I, I don't know if a way to Burnmouth is an impressive win, but the way they went about it showed a level of resiliency. Again, on form, I just rate Spurs over Leicester or, or, or Liverpool on a coin flip. And so at home, I rate them over Leicester too, Patrick. Yeah, fair enough. Speaking of which, let's get to the donkey, James. I am taking, in the Everton-Leicester game, I'm taking a 3-3 score line. And I'm getting that at <laughs> plus 6,600, James. What's the rationale there? I I think both these teams are disaster, <laughs> but they're both also kind of finding their form a little bit. Has Everton so scored think, three goals this season? Yes, in their last game. Okay, then. That's it. That, that's yeah. that's my. Or no, two two games. Two games. They beat they beat Palace three 0 Two games. Okay, ago. sorry. No more questions. Yeah, thank you, James, for your first question. Um, and Leicester, we know they can give up goals and they can score goals. So yeah, there's a reason this is a donkey. But this is a quick way to turn ten bucks into six hundred. So <laughs> rocking this one. Incredible. Just easy money. Incredible, folks. That's about all the time we have this week for Prem de la Prem. 
the World Cup is hot on our heels. Ooh, ow. Careful. Don't touch it. It's hot. You'll burn your hands. But we are going to keep riding out the heat until we get kicked out of the kitchen. We'll see you next week on Prem de la Prem. Hang up your jacket, chef. You're done. What's going on, Premids? As always, thank you for listening and following along. Please remember to rate and review us on whatever streaming platform you're listening on and spread the word far and wide about the benefits of being a Prem head. Mm-mm. Remember to follow us at Prem de la Prem Podcast on Instagram and at the Prem de la Prem on Twitter for all of our content. Until, Until next time, Prem de la Prem, out. That might just be the one take right yeah, there. Yeah, right there. I might not even have to touch that.